0: thing to put together <laughs> um it's been a, it's <clears throat> been a long two three years and without the support of all of you and god i would not have made it to where i am today that's true of my whole life but especially the last three years we are all children of God, and we are all in different stages of our walk in the Lord. We have to learn to crawl, to walk, to run, and stand in the spirit, just as we did in the flesh. On the way here, having written this, I, I don't know, I believe it was from God. I think I might have the order wrong, um, I, I sometimes think we need to stand first, stand on God's word. And this is what he gave me as I was driving here. Once we're standing on God's word, then we learn to crawl with his word. We learn to walk and we learn to run with his word. So that was just a little piece that I feel God gave me for myself, maybe only, or maybe for someone else here. Uh, Spiritually prepared is to stay in close relationship with God, walking wisely. Every day we need Jesus. The feeling of his spirit and the infilling of it, time in his presence, praying and reading his word. The better prepared we are, the better equipped we are to stay strong in him no matter what comes our way. I've experienced this in the last few years, more than ever. I spoke often, but God, and he's, I'm sorry, I lost my place. (laughs) Be still and know that I am God was one of my phrases that I went to many times and still do. Uh, It's been long and hard the last few years, but But for God, that's my other go-to, but for God. I don't know how I would have made it through, but because of his promises, he was always there for me. Really relying on God is very stressful. We believe... But then, like Paul, we need help with our unbelief. We say all the right words, we do all the right things, and nothing happens. We feel God has forgotten us. But we must remember, even when we don't hear God, he is working. And, of course, God's answers sometimes aren't what we want to hear. And then those are the ones that we really need to listen to because God knows best for us. So we should listen to all of his answers, even the ones that we don't like. And then we turn and we take things into our own hands, all to make a complete mess of everything. And then we give it back to God. If we could only learn to give it to God and leave it there, how much easier our lives would be. But that's part of our growing with God. We have to learn everything must be done in God's timing for things to work right and be in the path that God has for us. God has shown me answers to big problems, He's also showed me answers to little problems. He is with us always. If we allow him, he is concerned about every aspect of our life. There is nothing too big or too small for God. All of this is growing pains we all must go through. I just want to share the blessing that I had to see my husband come to the Lord. Some of you have heard the story. But there's part of the story I haven't shared with everyone. And that part was a few days before Ed passed. I was sitting by his side. He opened his eyes and he looked straight ahead. And he said to me, he said, who's that man by the river? And I just sat there in amazement. And I said, Ed, I'm not sure. I can't see him. Can you make out who he is? And he just said again, simply, who is that man by the river? And the words came to me to tell my husband that was Jesus waiting to help him cross over. And I just think that was such a blessing for God to have him share that with me. Because so many times we have people who will say, oh, I don't know about all of that Jesus stuff. I don't know all about that heaven stuff. No one's ever died and come back and told me anything. This is what people say. But in that brief moment, God showed me and proved to me he is real. There is a heaven, and that's exactly where my husband is. And that's where I will be someday with him and with all of you. Even though we are going to be miles apart, in the spirit, through Jesus, we're side by side. And I want you all to know that you'll be in my prayers and I will miss each and every one of you. And I hope that I'm in your prayers as well. Bottom line is, for me, And for all of us, I hope, never give up. Give it to Jesus. I love you all.
1: Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you because you are good. We thank you, Father, for Ed's testimony that lives on and the grace that you share that we can cross the river with you. Father, we do lift up Shirley and those that are struggling physically, those that have appointments and um, questions about are you there or how to help. We thank you, Father, because you are with them. Jesus, we just thank you for Deb and ask that you continue to guide her steps, that Christians would come into her life to encourage her, to love her, to be you in front of her. So, Jesus, we thank you for this place we call church where we celebrate you and you alone. And it's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, amen and amen. And this is church. It's kind of like, Jeff, are you really going to preach after hearing all the good stuff today? And I'm going to share God's word. And so um, we're going to just think about why is God so good to us? and it's because we are created in his image, and he has a plan for us, and so he is good as we follow after his son, and so Lucinda and Deb, thank you so much for sharing. Music team, Missy, thank you for sharing. That song um, certainly resonates. Woman at the Well, and last week when I picked it and selected it to play, uh, I didn't know they were singing it today, and then after, Missy said, that's such a God thing. I was like, what? Like, it's always a God thing. She's like, no, you played the song and we're singing it next week. And I had no idea. And it's just kind of interesting how God always has a plan and introduces us to who he is that we would make him known. And so just uh, take delight in those things. You know about her podcast, share that with others online. You can find that Um, Same as Instagram at Living Hope Wesleyan. You can give online. You can give here in person. You can mail checks to the chapel campus, which we're certainly grateful for. As the holidays come, we get to give more or opportunity for us to give more. Uh, Carlos is back again. Carlos, great to see you. Carlos is awesome. I love Carlos. We actually prayed the other day for something to happen with his wife and a document that needed signature, but we were kind of uncertain how and we prayed. And then Carlos came at the end and said, hey, God worked it all out. It was just awesome how Deb shared, separated by miles, but the same God and the encouragement we get to share. There are a couple other um, uh, workers from Top Notch that came, actually the music team was practicing and they took advantage of our hygiene pantry and it was just awesome that they could come and just utilize what you've given, what you've blessed us with to give to others. And uh, it's great to be a part of a church that wants to give. It's not just give to us, but how can we give and bless and encourage others, so Uh, Just thank you for that. That's where a lot of this goes. And with Thanksgiving, it's better to give than to receive. So let us be ones that give uh, to others because in Acts 4 20, we cannot stop telling about everything we have seen and heard. This is Peter and John talking about the miracle that they witnessed. This is Peter and John after spending the night in jail and they were confronted. They said, we can't stop telling what we've seen and heard, what God has done in my life, what we've witnessed, the hope that we have. I have to share it. Now, certainly share with tact and discernment. If you have an opportunity to share over lunch or coffee, just share the goodness of God. You can say, I doubt it. I didn't believe. I was worried. Like I thought it had to be like this and my life is completely different, but I have to share. I can't keep within the goodness of God and who he is and what he has done in my life because following is greater than believing. Many people believe, many people say, hey, I know the Bible is true. I believe in a higher power, but do we follow Jesus into those places that convict us, that make us nervous, that make us uncomfortable with the fact that, man, God wants something more from me, more dedication, more of my life, more of my thinking. He wants to transform that so I can actually follow him, not just say, hey, I believe in a higher power that created something or blesses me, but I follow Jesus that takes me through the shadow of death, and he is with me. We cannot stop telling about everything we have seen and heard. This is Acts chapter four. The council then threatened them further, but they finally let them go because they didn't know how to punish them without starting a riot for everyone was praising God. Again, if you did not receive a bulletin, there are fill in the blanks and it's just kind of highlight some of these verses. And the council threatened them further. After spending the night in jail and saying, you're free to go, but remember, this is a requirement that you're free to go, not to tell about this man, Jesus, not to tell this testimony, what he's done in your life. You're free to go, but stop doing these good things. And they said, we can't stop. And so the council said, well, we're going to threaten you more. So what was that threat? If I would have done more research, I probably would have come up with something like more uh, specific, but it could have been. They could have said, well, you spent the night in jail. If you continue, we're going to beat you and then put you back in jail. We could tax you and then put you back in jail. We could do these things that are more harmful than just simply spending a night in jail, which for me, I've never spent a night in prison, which is good. I hope that doesn't happen, but it's not the worst thing that could happen to you because in this story, this true story, they were released from jail, and then they were threatened that something worse could happen. They said, it doesn't matter. We're still going to follow God. It did not deter them. What deters us? In a political season, Tuesday, get out and vote. I don't care how you vote. i honestly don't. I just care that you get out and vote if you're able to vote, and then you follow Jesus. If you follow Jesus, you'll just vote. But um, not that you'll just vote. I have to clarify, you people online, you guys are terrible sending me private messages and text messages. Uh, God cares if you vote, but he cares more that you live. If you in the United States, in Vermont, we have this ability, we have this luxury. But what truly matters is how you live. So hopefully that makes sense and clarifying that that specific point because. Anything we say gets taken out of context. And just like in this story, we're like, well, should I share how I vote? Well, if you are in a relationship like with a good friend and they're asking you a question of like, I have a question about this and I actually want to learn from you. It's not going to be combative and try to get in your face. And you think this way. It's like, hey, if you really want to learn from one another, then there are places to engage. But if it's not, then I think Satan uses it to divide and stir up. And then we're starting kind of standing on. My right, instead of, Jesus calls us to be humble servants. There is not a friend like the lowly Jesus but they finally let them go because they didn't know how to punish them without starting a riot. If they would have beat them, which they wanted to do, flogged them that 30 lashes with the cat of nine tails, which is a whip with nine pieces of uh, leather baked in clay so it'd snap and be harsher, wrapped uh, at the end with rocks and bone, and they even say glass, which I had to look it up that there was glass back in these ancient days, and they would take a crow hop. This is what they did with Jesus, but not only Jesus. It was those that went against the Romans, those that went against the religious leaders, those that it wasn't just jail. It was something more. We want to threaten you and share, have you deterred so you don't go on sharing this. They were crow hop. And so that whip with the nine pieces of leather baked in clay and the, the rocks and the glass and the bones would just not just hit, but it would dig in and then they would pull it back. And that's why Jesus didn't even look like a man when he was on the cross. He was torn. And Jesus did that for us. And so we should not fear But we know that God has a plan for us. But they could not punish them that way because it would start a riot because everyone was praising God. Everyone was praising God because they saw this man that was crippled for 40 years. He was just walking around. He was just sharing, hey, I don't know if it's this miraculous Messiah. All I know is that I can walk. I don't know. If you want to get to the depth of my theology, that's going to take some time. But what I know now is for 40 years, I was begging for someone to show me kindness. And now I can walk. Everyone was praising God. Everyone, everyone. We go back to Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. Telling everyone. Everyone about me in Jerusalem throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This is what they were doing. They were fulfilling what was prophesied and told in the first chapter of Acts that after the Holy Spirit came, they'd be telling people everywhere. The Holy Spirit did come, and now after spending a night in jail, they were sharing excuse me, sharing with others that they were praising God for this miraculous sign. The healing of a man who had been lame for more than 40 years. This is what they were sharing. What if, I would suggest Lucinda's story, Deb's story, Missy's story, we got opportunities this week to share, hey, it hasn't happened for me yet, but somebody in my church, they believe that God did something in their life. And if they believe it, like I want the same thing to happen to me. And if we tell stories about others that we've learned from, that we've walked with, that we've invested in, then we can start to share. There is a truth about Jesus that is not just held over there or for the spiritually elite or for those that can pay for it, for those that are highly educated or for those with the best jobs or the new cars. It's for all of us. We can share in this miraculous sign that God heals and he loves and he cares for us no matter where we are praising God for this miraculous sign should say for not or that's kind of bad and um yeah so for because he was sick for 40 years more than 40 years have you ever felt like man I would love to see a miracle you can raise your hands The people online can't see. Have you ever thought, like, I want to see a miracle. I want to win. Not that we play the lottery, but like, I would love to win like a billion dollars. I would love to have a miracle happen. I would love for that to happen. And so when that doesn't happen, sometimes Satan uses it to discourage us and say, hey, it happened for them, but you're not good enough. You have to work harder, try more. You need to pull yourself up by the bootstraps. And Satan uses us to look at ourselves and to say, like, oh, for 40 years, God, I've been trying to do the right thing. And I can't catch a break. I'm just like, oh, when's my miracle going to happen? And Jesus is the same yesterday and today and forever. And we can know that his love is for us, even though that miracle may look different. This song, I wonder if you know it. You will by the chorus. When upon life's billows, you are tempest-tossed. When you are discouraged, thinking all is lost, count your many blessings. Name them one by one. And it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Perhaps if we stop looking at that great, magnificent, incredible, phenomenal miracle to find Jesus, we look at, I have breath in my lungs. I have a family that adopted me. I have a place to serve. I have a job that provides. I have people that care. I have relationships that matter. Count your many blessings. Name them one by one. Instead of saying, I need a miracle, we realize that Jesus is the miracle, that he's given us life and love and hope. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. Count your blessings. See what God has done. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. Count your many blessings. See what God has done. Chapter That's redundant. Why do churches always repeat the chorus like you sing it seven times, repeat it 11? It's awful because we have so many things to be thankful for. And if we would take the time to list what we are grateful for. Are you ever burdened with a load of care? Does the cross seem heavy? You are called to bear. Then count your blessings. Every doubt will fly and you will keep singing. As the days go by, when you look at others and their lands and gold, think that Christ has promised you his wealth untold, his wealth untold. When you're comparing yourself, remember this guy, he was crippled. He was begging and he was asking Peter and John for, you can say it out loud, louder. He was asking Peter and John for, he was asking them for, was he asking them for like a free smile? Was he asking them for a coupon code so he could go get something half price online? Was he asking them for some, he was asking them for money. When you look at others with their lands and gold that think that Christ has promised you his wealth untold, we think about what God has given, what God has done. My dad used to tell me, this is when I was a very immature youth pastor and I didn't have the spiritual maturity that I exhibit now. Or uh, my dad would always say, Jeff, your riches are out of this world. Just implying as Christians, it's not what we have here on earth. It's what God has promised for us. Count your many blessings. Money cannot buy your reward in heaven, nor your home on high. So amid the conflict, whether great or small, do not be discouraged. God is over all. So count your many blessings. Angels will attend. Help and comfort give you to your journey's end. But I want that 40-year-old miracle. Look at the miracles God's provided for you. You are here. So it was said at a um, motivational speech for uh, a football team, and they said, some of you want to quit. Some of you are injured. Some of you do not think your contract's going to be renewed. Some of you worry if you're going to be able to make money from this uh, sport as a vocation. Some of you want to quit. And he ended with, do not quit. Do not quit. But Jeff, the Christian life is so hard. You don't know these relationships. You don't know what's going to happen and take place if I keep following Jesus. Do not quit quit. But Jeff, you have no idea. My parents have rejected me. My family just laughs at me. People point their fingers and they don't invite me to things because I'm a follower of Jesus. Do not quit. Do not quit. I shared Wednesday uh, the sacred overlap going through that study, but uh, there's the shortest verse in the Bible is Jesus wept, Jesus wept. You guys memorized a verse today, like that's really good, Jesus wept. The second shortest has three words, and it's remember Lot's wife. Maybe you don't know the story, so you have to look up the story, or you can find somebody uh, nodding along, and like they know this verse already because they're overachievers. They have two verses memorized. So it's Jesus wept, and remember Lot's wife. And so you can look and say, what is that story? Uh, God told Lot and his wife to go to a destination, to get out from where they were, to go where they were, but remember Lot's wife. She did not go. She looked back at where God was saying, that is your past. Go forward. Remember Lot's wife that we don't look back. But we go forward. The council threatened them, but it didn't matter for everyone was praising God for this miraculous sign, the healing of the man who had been lame for more than 40 years. As soon as they were freed, Peter and John returned to the other believers and told them what the leading priests and elders had said. This I have to divert a little bit. I should have looked this up, but it just came into my mind. When Peter was in prison and the church was praying that he would be released, what happened? He was released. And so the church is praying. They're like, we have to call a special prayer meeting. We have to get together and just pray and fast and ask God to do a miracle. And then Peter comes. Hold on. We're praying for Peter. Peter. Hey, you're only a little girl, so your prayers don't count as much. This is what happened. A young girl went to the door. So you go into the door. Let us pray and let us really get after God. Dad, Mom, I think Peter's at the door. No, we're praying for his release. We're, we're asking God. We're pleading with God. We, we are in deep anguish that God would release Peter. No, it looks like him. I, I think he's here. This Peter, who was freed, he went back to say, Your prayers have been answered. I have something great to tell you. He returned to the other believers and told them what the leading priests and elders had said. When they heard the report, all the believers lifted their voices together in prayer to God. This is from Psalm. O sovereign Lord, creator of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. Uh, I'll go back. So it's kind of split. All the believers lifted their voices together in prayer to God. This is not the deep anguish. Oh, God, please. I need which there is time for that. And we must reach out and cry out for God. But other times it's in great celebration. All the believers lifted their voices together in prayer to God. All the believers lifted their voices together in prayer to God. One thing when I was first starting out uh, going to Bible college, we did these uh, responsive readings. And so the bold print would be for uh, the congregation. And then the regular print would just be for the pastor. And so I would read the regular print. And then the congregation would read the bold print. And then I was so bad because I got ahead of myself. And it just it was terrible. I'm like, these responsive readings are the worst thing ever. Until a professor told me, they help unify the voice of the body. They help unify the voice. It doesn't matter. They're just reading the, the words on the screen. They help unify the voice of the body. And I believe that's what God is reminding us to do, reminding us now in this day to do, to unite the voice of the body of Christ, that we would pray to God, giving great thanksgiving for what he has done. O sovereign Lord, creator of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them, you spoke long ago by the Holy Spirit through our ancestor, your servant David, saying, why were the nations so angry? Why did they waste their time with futile plans? I won't mention again Tuesday. I think we know what Tuesday is. Why were the nations so angry? Why did they waste their time with futile plans? Why do we search for that miracle that will help us instead of saying, Jesus, I count my blessings and know that you love me. You have been with me all along. You care about me. You are for me. The kings of the earth prepared for battle. The rulers gathered together against the Lord and against his Messiah. That's Psalm 2, 1 through 2, repeated by Dr. Luke telling his friend Theophilus what his good friends Peter and John did. The kings of the earth prepared for battle and the rulers gathered together against the Lord and against his Messiah. In fact, this has happened here in the very city for Herod, Pontius Pilate, the governor, the Gentiles and the people of Israel were all united against Jesus, your holy servant, whom you anointed. What we're living in is nothing new. What we're living in is the call to follow Jesus' example and display him. But everything they did was determined beforehand according to your will, God's will, that this would happen, that we might grow in faith. And now, our Lord, hear their threats and give us your servants' great boldness in preaching your word. And now, our Lord, hear their threats and give us your... Prize possessions, you know, God, you really need me. I'm the number one pick. You really need me. Like, I have a great voice. You really need me, God, because like I have incredible influence. You really need me because I'm filled with talent. God, you chose me. Give us your servants. God, we're just here to follow you. Give us great boldness in preaching your word. Let us preach the truth of your word with great boldness. Not let me preach my thoughts about your word. My convictions are about what I would like your word to say, but let me preach with boldness your word that people would come to know God's salvation, because that's why Jesus came to earth, to seek and save the lost. That is a purpose for us to gather together, that we would grow and be encouraged and compelled by the truth of Jesus to go out, to reach out, to buy somebody's bagel and say, hey, showing God's love in a practical way, to pay for somebody's gasoline at a station. You can say, hey, I can only limit you to 10 gallons but i'm going to pay it in jesus name we can do practical things to be god's hands and feet to show his love in a practical way because that's why jesus walked on this earth silver and gold i don't have but what i have is jesus salvation so in the name of jesus get up and walk and know that your sins are forgiven with great boldness we can walk in truth with great boldness not arrogance not arrogance. You don't have to say names. You don't have to point fingers. But there are people that they speak out of arrogance, not boldness. And you're just like, oh, I just wish for one moment you wouldn't be so vocal. Like, can't you just use your, like, inside voice instead of drawing attention, not with great arrogance, but with great boldness, we preach the word of God. And now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. When I read this, like, everybody has baggage. Everybody has things from their past. And uh, part of mine is, uh, stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. I just thought, well, I I don't know if God if I want God to do miraculous things through me? Like, that's kind of weird. Like, God, can you just do miraculous things? But if you use me, if you call me, if what if, because God could do anything God wants except for sin or go against himself, what if God said to your voice, clear as day, I want you, insert your name, I want you to go to that person and to say, I'm praying for you right now. Uh... But the Holy Spirit, you know, can't you use the Holy Spirit? Why do you have to use me? What if God said, no, the miraculous power at times, I am going to speak into your uh, mind and through your heart that connects with your spirit because you've given your life. Your salvation is Jesus to say, I want you to perform a miraculous sign in the name of Jesus. Are we willing to open our voice when God and only God tells us? To reach out when God and only God tells us? Or do we just want, hey, Jesus, you know, you do it. You're on your own. I'm just going to show up Sunday mornings. Stretch out your hand with healing power. And we can give God praise for Bethany's help. For my sister-in-law, Jen's health. We can give God praise for all that Deb has endured. The local church has been with her with the passing of her sister, and then this summer with the passing of her husband. We can give God praise because his miraculous power is a salvation that Connie and Ed are with him. And we have the joy that one day we will be with Jesus as well. After this prayer, the meeting place shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. If this place shook, I don't know what I'd think it'd be. My first response wouldn't be, hey, look, it's Jesus here. I'd be like, hey, you guys better get out because something's going on. But when God moves... It creates a boldness to preach his word, to live his word, to share his living word. Not just an ancient document that's uh, been studied over and over, but the truth of God's living word that applies for everything today that we would enter with great boldness. Not deterred by spending a night in jail, not deterred by threats of we're going to cancel you, we're going to beat you, we are going to leave you to the side, but boldness to know, hey, without Jesus, it's all hay, wood, and stubble. I don't know what stubble is except for facial hair, but at least in the Bible, hay and wood represent things that burn up. They do not last. And I love campfires, and I kind of like to keep the eternal uh, campfire going on, at least on the weekend. So I just put wood on in the morning then at night. So whenever I want to go, then there's always a little bit of embers. But uh, things that don't last, we should not focus on. We focus on the refiner's fire that burns up what is wasteful and brings out the truth of who Jesus is, the pure truth of God. What is the pure truth of God? That he loves us that his command is, do not quit. I am with you. Do not quit. Even though it's hard, it's difficult. It will be in this world. You will have trouble. It's in the Bible. You will be persecuted for following me. It's in the Bible. So don't be shocked when it happens. But Jesus says, do not quit. I am with you always. I won't leave you. I'm not going to turn my back on you. I am with you. So I'm going to invite the music team up and we're going to close with a familiar hymn that declares who we serve. But as they come up, perhaps you're just wondering, like, I don't know Jesus like that. Like, religion has always been something different. I don't know what good the local church is, but it makes me feel better that I'm getting together with friends. I get to see people I haven't seen for a long time. Or I'm a senior adult. This is a study, and I think my parents would agree, at least partially. Uh, Senior adults, uh, church is typically the only time they are hugged during the week. For senior adults, church is the only time they are hugged during the week. So you can give an appropriate hug and say, it is great to see you and give hugs. But God wants it more just to be a place where you get a hug. God wants it to be a place where we are filled with boldness to follow him because he is good. Oh, Lord, my God. i oh. amen means uh, let it be so so we say God let it be so and you are dismissed I heard a story from the Bible.